Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. back to the good morning podcast and to the last episode of the year oh my god we made it guys we made it what a year it's been this episode is a little bit different actually we thought we'd look back on some of the best bits from the year and many of the inspirational conversations that we've had and do a little bit of a I guess like a highlight reel so we can bring you guys some of the the best bits and some of the not so best bits. And some of the funny bits as well. Because there have been quite a few, haven't there? Oh my God. Honestly, I feel like every episode something happens. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Also, can we talk about me wearing double denim right now? Love it. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm making it a thing. Again. You, you, I think it's quite on trend at the moment. You look good. You wear it well. Thanks. Thanks. Um, But yeah, it's been a bloody big year for us over here at Good Morning. And we have absolutely loved being able to support you guys and hearing from you to say that the pod has helped you has honestly been the best thing. And it's exactly why we started to do this, isn't it, Sal? Honestly, hearing from you guys um, to say that the podcast is helping you, it just means so much. And we are so, so grateful for you all and for your support. And Thank you to everyone who's tuned in this year, who supported us, who's helped spread the word about Good Morning. And yeah, we just love you guys. We know that obviously we're coming into the festive season, which is when you're feeling griefy, it is not so festive at all, really. Um, So it's bloody tough. And we hope this episode brings you guys a bit of extra comfort or at the very least, a good laugh. For so many of us grievers, I think it's just a time when... We're surrounded by memories or, you know, that feeling that, our, you know, our person or our people should be with us. And I know for me, Christmas is really hard because being an expat, I'm away from family and friends in the UK. But, you know, because my mum died around the Christmas period and her funeral was like a week before Christmas, it's just a stark reminder of her absence. Yes, it's bringing all of that back up again. Um, I I agree. Like everything kind of started to to transpire for our family around Christmas too so it's it's a very triggering time um and I think if I didn't have Layla I would just want to pretend that it's not happening but I feel like I have to switch into this festive mum um for her sake which I guess in some sense is probably a good thing um but it's also really hard because I'm feeling anything but that so I just mm-hmm. like a big fake also thanks to you for buying her an elf on the shelf it's it's been so amazing <laughs> oh I'm so glad we had we had so much fun with it didn't we I, I went to stay with him um last week and I bought Layla an elf on the shelf and we it was fun moving moving it around the house and like just yeah it's such a good little idea isn't it it was such a such a nice idea from you and yeah it's great because it's making her behave as well so I'm like elf is watching but it stirs up a lot of emotions around this time and yeah it, it can be really triggering 
it can feel like an onslaught, can't it? When you're grieving, when you're struggling and it's all around you. And sometimes, you know, everyone copes with it differently, but sometimes you just want to forget that it's happening when you're really, you know, it, it just, the grief can feel really present. And I, I know that I've been feeling really heavy recently. And I think it's that end of year, like you're just trying to keep going, but then you're kind of feeling your grief and then you've got Christmas to contend with and it, it's, it's bloody exhausting. Yeah. And I think for everyone who has lost someone like having that empty chair on Christmas day is, is heartbreaking. And mm. I think no matter where you are in your grief, you're going to be missing that person and, and what the days that are supposed to be filled with celebrations and cheer, it's also sad. Mm. And it's always going to be an element of it for, for us. Um, so yeah, we're thinking of, of everyone with those empty chairs on Christmas day, you are not alone. We are there with you. We feel it too, but we've just got to keep on keeping on. Don't we? We do. And so what kind of things do you reckon if anyone's listening to this and you know, they're dreading the Christmas season or they're struggling, or they just want to find a way to like make it just a little bit easier like how can we how can we make it easier for ourselves i think definitely lower any expectations that you have of yourself like things that you are normally able to do might feel too hard or impossible and that is absolutely okay so just give yourself permission to be a hot mess <laughs> give yourself permission to check out if you just want to go and have a fucking nap and not be around family or friends or or you know get get involved like it's okay just listen to your body and 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 yeah just honor yourself and what you need um on the day and around the day surrounding as well what about you definitely because sometimes it does feel hard doesn't it um to kind of show up and try and put a brave face on so I think just giving yourself permission to feel how you're feeling is so important and you know I think one thing is just being honest as well like with yourself and with those around you about how you feel in the lead up and also on the day because you need and you deserve all the support that you can get and if you're not feeling up you know up for certain things or you're just feeling really crap or really tired or emotional just like being honest with others about it I think can really help you during like you know a bloody difficult day and I think also like planning ahead and communicating with people like that you're going to spend the festive season with so that they are all on the same page and they can know how like if they need to you know support you if you're feeling extra heavy I think that's a good idea like just to kind of just be open Yes. All great tips. And also don't be afraid to say no to things. So this is something that we chat about with an upcoming guest for our next season, which we're super excited about, but we're all about the boundaries now. Like it's totally okay when you're grieving to say no, not today. (laughs) Fuck off. I'm grieving pretty much. So we're, we're all about just, yeah, really listening to what you need and, and honoring that and just, it's okay to put yourself first and it's okay if you don't feel like being social and, you know, getting amongst it, but like, yeah, just definitely put, put your needs first. Be selfish is my, is my tip. (laughs) Yeah. I so, I so agree with that, mate. Like boundaries. I think a lot of us don't really know how to establish boundaries in grief, but it's just listening to what you need, listening to, you know, how you're feeling, just honoring like what, what you need and putting yourself first. And yeah, saying no to things that, that, you know, are going to drain you. Like sometimes we don't feel like fronting up and being super social. So maybe it's limiting the amount of things that you say yes to, and just focusing on doing things that will restore you and help kind of make you feel a bit better. 
and get off social media on those days. Like definitely turn that off. Let's get stuck into some, some moments. Let's go and take a little trip down memory lane. So we also, this year, we introduced Up Close and Griefy, which we know that you guys love and we love it too, which is kind of where we delve into more grief-specific topics. And we also introduced Grief Tip Tuesday, which is community-driven. So you guys have sent in all the tips and we just made them podcast episodes, which have been absolutely amazing. Um, so we have learned so much from you as well. So thank you guys for all your contributions for that. We've had some amazing tips and some bloody funny moments, haven't we? We have. I mean, who could forget, you know, our uh, twin moments when we try and talk at the same time. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Grief Tip Tuesday. This... <laughs> Are you doing this or am I doing this? Sorry. Oh my God. How was I? Chomping snap. at the bit again. <laughs> like you always, on the mic, Kim. You always open it up. So now it's my, it's my time to shine. It's your out. turn, no. Soz, mate. You go for it. Okay. Hi, guys. I have to say. I was, gonna the- try and, I was gonna try and talk at the same time as you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like the funniest one for me was cockroach gate. Like, I uh, that was, I mean, that cockroach was bloody massive, wasn't it? I've still it? not recovered from that. Like it was fucking huge. <laughs> Holy shit. There is the biggest cockroach on the mirror right now. Oh my God. Oh my God, <laughs> mate, it's, it's, gone? it's gone inside your wardrobe. <laughs> okay. I can't put my feet on the ground. Guys, I'm not even kidding you. This cockroach is like the size of a cat. It just crawled up in his mirror. Oh my God, you were just like pointing something. I'm like, what is it? What is it? Do you want, should we pause while we get the cockroach? Or okay. should we carry on? What do you want to do? Um, Let's carry on. And if it pops its head out again, we might have to stop this. <laughs> it's massive, mate. Oh, creepy crawlies. Okay, um, anyway. Sorry, guys. Australian problems. <laughs> yeah, so far out. I can't put my feet on the ground. Can, oh my God, holy think... shit. Hang on. Oh my God, did that just fly? I, I think it just that flew just down. Flew. Oh my God, it's on the ground. Okay, hang on. Okay, we're just going to okay, pause gonna this. Bye. Hang on. All right, we're, we're back, guys. <laughs> we're back. Just a bit of drama there. Whoa. It, was, it was massive, wasn't it? it? Honestly, guys, we'll take a pic. We've taken a picture so you can see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put it up on our stories. Add it in the show notes. Oh god, this is like this is just working from home vibes, isn't it? You just got to yeah. roll with it. Like, and living in Australia, giant they're everywhere. Cockroach attack. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my god, I, I, st- I can't get over that. Like, um, we didn't even get the bit where you spray like an entire fucking can of mortine on the thing, and I was like choking up in oh, my small <laughs> office and we're trying to record and I we had to leave breathe. we had to leave the room because I like basically <laughs> yeah like I literally assumed. sprayed the whole can it's like it says on the thing like one shot <laughs> but yeah so Sal went to town on that and what about the time we discovered that we both of our mums didn't have ovens I mean like I don't even know how we got still, onto that topic still my favorite realization of 2021 I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to let our listeners know what we discovered about our mums on the topic of cooking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can we, because when, when you were reading this, I'm like, I would never cook my mum's favourite recipe because she couldn't cook. Like she got better as time went on. But can we just tell people another similarity between you and I, Sal, that is so random. It is so random. Okay. I don't even know how we got onto this topic because we were like talking about our mums and then we discovered that both of our mums didn't have ovens so <laughs> it's so random my Who doesn't have ovens my mum 
refused <laughs> to get an oven in her kitchen. So she got her whole kitchen refitted. She was like, nah, I don't need an oven. So she used to like cook on this like halogen oven, this little like camping thing. Yes, the camping yes. thing that goes on top of the bench. <laughs> and then when I was the trying to, thing. and your mum did the same thing, right? Literally the exact same thing. I had that fucking weird stove thing that just sits on the bench, like a cooker thing you take camping with you, not an oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was the funniest and when i was when i was trying to sell a house like because her kitchen was quite new but they were yeah it was like, like where's why, the oven yeah why, why isn't there an oven <laughs> i was like i just I, she just didn't see a need for it like i mean is oh. that progressive i don't know though, i don't like, know but i just love that our mums were the same in many ways like that is ovenless mums ovenless motherless daughters yeah oh i can't i've lost i've lost track now that was just too good not to share oh my god ovenless mum ovenless motherless daughters that will forever be one of my favorites and in we cannot forget the time that you lost the plot i'm gonna lose the plot again even thinking about this one and the seedy side said, <laughs> I, I loved his <laughs> so good. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the seedy side says, <laughs> I loved his positivity. Sorry, CD. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love some of these handles. <sighs> Nicole says, my dad was my biggest cheerleader and one of my best friends. And I want him to know that I'm trying to make him proud. My favorite memory as, of, was when we played Peter Pan and Captain Hook in the musical. How good. <laughs> I actually watched that film the other day. Oh my God, him, you're like crying. I'm still crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's this thing about me that you don't know yet. <laughs> when I get on a roll, like laughing, I can't stop. Oh, it's happening. CD, CD set you off, mate. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's an actual problem. I can't stop it. It hurts. I'm going to carry on. <laughs> you compose yourself. I'm going to keep going. And Emily said he had the kindest heart. He would never start an argument with anyone. And my favorite, <laughs> my favorite memory is sitting around the dinner table listening to his favorite music. I'm back. All right, I'm back. Just had to take a little break there and compose myself. So many <laughs> funny moments. CD uh... space. <laughs> <laughs> CD space. If you're listening to this, I just want you to know how much that just made my day. Do you know how good it is to laugh when you're grieving? Like, thank you, CD space. Thank you for that. <laughs> and like we've learned a lot this year about how to help heal trauma and that's been a massive topic on the pod and Im I feel like it it wouldn't be right to talk about trauma without talking about your highlight of the year let's take a listen to our one year anniversary episode where we interviewed each other and you shared who your dream guest would be I'll try not to cry um, if you could interview anyone in the world on the podcast, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would interview my mum because Aww. there is so much that I want to ask her still. Oh, Sal. Imagine getting Rose and Vanessa on an up close and griefy. Oh, that'd be so oh, amazing. I just feel like our mums would get along so they, much. They really would. They really, yeah. really would. Yeah. 
Oh, that would be so good. I think for me, definitely my mum, but also I, it is my dream of mine to interview Dr. Edith Eager. And you guys may have heard me referencing her quite a lot throughout our episodes, um, but she has helped me so much with my trauma and she's full of so much wisdom. She's in her nineties now, so it might never happen, but you never know, never say never. But yeah, Dr. Edith Eager would be up there for me. Let's try and make it happen, mate. I still can't quite believe that this actually happened, but for our listeners, you know that we actually got to speak to Dr. Edith Eager. Um, It was just so incredible and it was such an amazing interview and she's the most incredible woman. And it was a real once in a lifetime moment for both of us that I don't think we will ever forget or ever take for granted. Let's have a listen. You cannot forgive without rage. You're not forgetting it. You're not overcoming it. You come to terms with it. And that is is where I go many times. It's in my book when I go to Costco and I park in the back and there was the barbed wire and immediately I was in Auschwitz. And then I found out I'm at Costco Auschwitz is Auschwitz, and I don't try to run from it or fight it. It was an opportunity for me to discover the strength that life is from inside out. You know, I had a ballet, beautiful teacher, who used the word ecstasy, but I didn't understand that word ever. Said, oh, the ecstasy has to come from inside out. What an incredible woman. Like, I am still in awe of that conversation. Shooketh. Shooketh. (laughs) Absolutely shooketh. It just didn't feel real, did it, when we were talking to her? Like, she's just incredible. It was like... Like, what a story, though. And to have been through what she went through and to have come out the other side and been such a, an amazing, I'm going to say strong woman, but she says, I'm not a strong woman. I'm a woman of strength, doesn't she? And I, yeah. I love that quote, um, but far out. I mean, so many listeners have reached out to say how much that episode resonated with them. So if you haven't listened to it already, definitely um, give it a go because there's so many nuggets of wisdom. And I just love how she talks about, you know, not being able to forgive without rage. Cause I think sometimes, you know, when we're grieving and we feel that anger, like we feel like, you know, we, we need to kind of, um, shut it away. It's not like a emotion that we should express, but it it is so essential to like forgiveness and healing trauma. So, and one thing that we've taken from her, which, we will just carry on spreading is that you don't have to overcome what you've gone through. You just have to come to terms with it. And Mm. that has been such a gift for us in our healing. Mm. Such, such wisdom and such an amazing lady. And I'm so glad that you got to speak to your, your dream interviewee. I know. Aim high guys. And Rebecca Jack's also taught us a lot about somatic healing and how trauma can manifest in the body. And that was a really popular episode. And it was such an enlightening conversation. It taught 
me so much about trauma and grief and and how we actually hold trauma and grief in our bodies which I had no idea about really I just thought you know when I thought of healing my grief I thought about the mind I never really thought about how it was kind of affecting me physically and and she was so knowledgeable and taught us a lot about how to release trauma from our bodies didn't she that was an incredible episode and we love that you guys really got behind that one like that is yeah like Sal said one of our most popular episodes um it's just so informative and I had yeah like Sal I didn't look at trauma that way too I thought you know we just go and do all this talking therapy and and but there weren't these other options and there wasn't this other kind of approach and way to look at trauma and how your body really keeps the score so if you haven't listened to this one yet have a listen to this and yeah we highly recommend you do so usually after someone has gone through grief or trauma it can be such a turning event to their physical health I mean I started getting like autoimmune diseases my hair fell out I was bored my nails fell out mm. um my all my, my teeth my skin was on fire and I was just like what, what what is going on with my house and it's your body your body's response yeah your body keeps uh-huh. the score I know yeah, what you mean and about it's shouting at you my um I had a like I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease um probably about six months before mum died but it was like really like um in its infancy so we were kind of controlling it really well with meds but then when mum died I, after she died about a month later when I was back in Australia I went to the doctors and it had like progressed quite significantly I think due to the stress and the trauma like it had kind of yeah it was um much worse and then I had to up my medication and I think it must have been a reaction to the to the grief and like the fight or flight mode I think yeah a hundred percent and it's and it's like the body's default so if it hasn't, if that if that energy hasn't been released, it will always default back to that. And so all of the endorphins, everything starts to rush through your body, and it's uh, it's, it's it's energy that wants to be communicated with. You know, like the pain wants to be heard, it wants to be expressed, the anger, everything like that. And when we're such tiny little people with these tiny little bodies that have got so much energy that just needs to come out, and when we're pushing it down or suppressing it, because sometimes we're quite scared. Like you've already been through enough. And now, and now you want to actually, you know, like reinvite that kind of pain into your awareness. It's, it is a very courageous thing to do, but it's one of the most liberating things you can do. And it will just transform your overall like health and wellness and like longevity of life as well. If you actually do it, if you do the work. So how can we do it? Like just for your average Joe sitting at home listening, wanting to know, like, how do we get all of this trauma out of our bodies? Like, yeah, what is the best way? Well, I mean, okay, so breath, like breathwork and hypnotherapy are two of the most powerful methods that um, I work with and that I've ever used. They're like the closest thing to plant medicine. And so um, if you went into a jungle with a shaman and then had ayahuasca or a bufo or something, you know, like not everybody's going to do that. So if you wanted to have a somatic approach that you can do yourself at home, um, so for like, you know, free resources for people, um, I would suggest studying your trauma, like really getting an understanding about your physiology and really trying to research what it is that's going on with you. Because when you understand that self-awareness, it kind of takes you on to the next level of of locating and objectifying the emotion. So, so enlightening. And yeah, just 
just so good to know how we can help ourselves like physically and another person yeah just so glad that we we crossed paths with Rebecca I just feel like we've we've just had yeah some amazing opportunities on this podcast to speak to some incredible people we kicked off the year exploring spirituality and signs and manifesting with the incredible Joe Zamet and this year has been so big for us, both on the spiritual side and also for a lot of you guys as well. We get messages all the time sharing your sign stories, which we absolutely love. It's one of our favorite things. Um, and yeah, so Joe Zamet, she was fantastic, wasn't she, Sal? She really was. And she had so many nuggets of wisdom to share about connecting with our loved ones and how we can, you know, honor them in our everyday and ask for signs and yeah, let's have a listen to what she had to say. Every day I can honestly say, you know, I can't wait for meditation. I can't wait to do it. And it's during that time, that's where I meet mum every morning. And I can say that I probably haven't been closer to her since like the five years than I am now with her. Um, It's truly helped me understand that, you know, we are souls having a human experience. And it's just, you know, our form and our body that dies, um, but our souls continue on. So doing my meditations and accessing my higher self, I meet her. And, you know, I ask her all day um, throughout the day, mum, show me a sign if I'm on track. And um, actually, you know, and this conversation is with my kids all the time. And um, we always say when we see you know, white butterflies, that's grandma. And my son, actually, Hunter, he's learning to ride without training wheels and he's been quite nervous about it. And um, the other day he had 10 white butterflies just come around him and he just said, look, mum, grandma's here helping me. Um, you know, she gave me the confidence to keep going and he like, he just, he then did it. He was able to ride. That's and, beautiful. I and, love that. And, and it's just like, it reminds me exactly of what my husband said to me, you know, when I was, pregnant and he just said you know she her role is different you know mm. a physical grandparent could be here you know holding him um and pushing him along and showing him those things and that's what I like missed that she was going to miss out on but she's not missing it because she's guiding she, in oh, different ways yes. she's there yes and also can we just talk about the manifesting story can we just not <laughs> can we not <laughs> Guys, if you haven't um, listened to this episode, there was a really funny moment where Im shared her story about how she manifested her partner, Ben. Um, it, oh, it's just too brilliant not to share. Basically, guys, listen, listen to this and then just be prepared. If you're ever manifesting, don't make my fucking mistake. <laughs> I've just got to tell you one thing, Oh, actually. my God. This is about Joe, not us. I feel like this whole no. episode has been about it. us. No, no. So I read, I read on your, um, so on your intro about you um, on Story and Co. You talk about how you met your husband and how you manifested him and wrote down word for word what you wanted, and he literally was that. Yeah. Oh, stop! I know where this is going, and I just feel like stop. Imogen. Imogen has a very similar story, but it's probably yeah. It's not as romantic <laughs> as yours, but oh my god. Okay, so I feel like we're so similar, Joe. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. So I was going through a breakup with my um, previous partner and my mum had actually told me to write down 
manifestations and she said write down what you exactly what you want in a partner like word for word be so specific and so I did and so I've still got the list it's handwritten I was in Queensland at the time working on a show up there and um, I put the date on it and I wrote a long list and it was a full A4 page things like kind eyes generous um, (laughs) warm social um, but you know loves to have fun but not a big drinker, you know, things like that. And so I've always had this kind of thing for interesting Mediterranean men, right? Just got to put it out there. Anyway, I ended up with a pasty Englishman, but on my (laughs) list, (laughs) on my list, I put, this is where you've got to be really careful when you're manifesting listeners. I put down interesting surname, thinking (laughs) I was going to be, Imogen, you know, what's an interesting surname, like Galifianakis. I don't know. That's really Greek, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, I accidentally manifested someone called Ben Tung, like tongue in your mouth, what? T-O-N-G-U-E, tongue. That's not what I meant, Universe, when I said interesting surname. I didn't mean that I needed someone called Tongue. So now I'm petrified. It's like if we get married, I'm – Mrs. Tongue. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> He's going to kill it. me for this. Like, my poor daughter is called, yeah, her name, her name is now Tongue. <laughs> well, Bobby created it. I did. I put it out there and the universe listened. Oh, so good. I can't. Mr. Tongue. Oh, my God. I hope he never listens. I mean, he doesn't listen to our podcast, <laughs> which is good. But oh, be very, very careful what you manifest, guys. Be specific, but be very clever with how specific you are. Um, Enough of that. On the spiritual front, the winner of our most downloaded episode goes to... David the Medium. David the Medium. Yes. That was a big moment, wasn't it? Interviewing David the Medium and having a reading with him as well. Yes. Oh my God. The day that like he messaged us, I remember being like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like we had been following him for quite some time and we know he's like, he's incredible. Like he's phenomenal um, medium. And it was our dream to kind of even just have a reading with him. But then we also got to have him on the podcast, which was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And for those of you that don't know David the Medium, he's one of, well, he is probably Australia's one of the leading um, psychic mediums. And um, he, he didn't disappoint, did he? And also he, you know, he shared loads of wisdom about connecting with our loved ones spiritually, which we know a lot of you guys took a lot of comfort from, and we did as well. So let's have a listen to what he had to say around connecting with the other side. They do watch over us. There's no doubt about it. And I I think a lot of us, you know, maybe you girls included, I know I definitely can, can connect with signs that maybe they do send us and, you know, synchronicities and things that, we just know come from them. Now, I say myself, if we look for signs in every little thing, then nothing is a sign, of course. But if there's things that are so specific and just seem so random and so just out of the ordinary that makes us think of them or makes us remember them or is something that they would do personally, then there's no doubt in my mind, and I don't want anyone listening to have doubts either, that is your loved one reaching out to show you that they are around you. So Sally had one this morning. Can you tell us if it's a sign from her mum? So last night I was talking to mum and I said, 
look, mum, I really need a sign from you. If you're around, show me a mouse, because that was her nickname when she was growing up, was Mouse. I've got to go get this. Hang on. And um, so anyway, I get to Im's, oh, I'm talking to Im in the car this morning, and she's like, look, I'm going to be out when you arrive. Just like let yourself in to, to my house. I'll leave the key out for you. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I get in, and I walk into her living room, and... I literally look around, she's got a little girl, so her daughter's toys are everywhere. And the first thing I see is a mouse, a <laughs> mouse on the floor. <laughs> is that a sign from her mum? Because like I didn't even notice this thing this morning. Like it's literally just, I don't know, just like it just gets random shit out of baskets everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. Did you look at that and see that as a sign from your mother? Yeah. yeah. I did. Then that's the answer. So much comfort from that. So, so much comfort. And um, if you are interested in the spiritual side of things, definitely have a listen to um, the conversation with David. It was our most downloaded episode. You guys absolutely loved it. And I think quite a lot of listeners actually have had readings with David since. And we get a lot of messages, don't we, saying, oh my God, I've just had a reading with David. It was mind-blowing. Yes, we love getting those. We love it when you guys reach out to us and share it um, because it's so special. But yeah, he's absolutely phenomenal breath breathtakingly good like I, I still don't think I fully processed our readings with him like no incredible and for me a big highlight of the year was interviewing Leslie Kane who wrote the book Surviving Death which was then made into the Netflix documentary and it was such a thought-provoking conversation around whether consciousness survives death I mean the topic it is just so fascinating and what I really loved about Leslie I mean she's just an awesome human being isn't she I, th I think this is like your most listened to episode uh, dude like, I haven't listened to it like to it? <laughs> probably like 10 times like because <gasps> I like I took so much from it and she what I really liked about her was um she is an investigative journalist so her work is like super evidence-based but she blended like you know evidence backed research with real life experiences for her book surviving death it's definitely an interesting perspective and she was a skeptic before and that was what was really interesting as part of the conversation because you know she didn't go into writing this book you know believing in the afterlife it was the experiences that she had that kind of made her think this cannot be like how you know this ha there has to be something in this I had also lost a close friend in 2011. It was like two years before I started researching this book. And that, that had been very provocative for me because I was with this person at the moment he died. We went through a long hospice process and, you know, I went through the whole dying process. And that moment of death is so surreal and so hard to comprehend that that person suddenly is gone. Mm -hmm. It was very provocative for me. And, and I started really you know, it made me ask questions about, well, what is this really all about? You know, mm. can somebody really just be gone? And it's like their body is just all they ever were. And then that's all that's here. And like, it just none of it made any sense to me. So that sort of was really stimulating to me. And when I started the book, the other really interesting aspect of it is that I had no idea where it was going to go. I mean, I knew I was really interested in the reincarnation cases. I, had, I knew something about near-death experiences. Um, I knew the topics that I wanted to cover, but it was really a journey that I went on of exploration while I wrote the book and ended up having all these experiences that I never, ever imagined would happen. You know, I thought it would just be a purely a research book. It turned out to be a lot more personal than I ever imagined it would be. 
I think there's a soundbite in the, the Surviving Death um, Netflix documentary that sums up your point really beautifully about, you know, that when someone dies and you think, is that it? Um, the journalist Deborah Blum says, you live this life of energy and purpose and love and hope and dreams. And does all of that just disappear? Or is there an echo that we leave like some sort of cosmic imprint? And that really resonated with us both because you do wonder when someone dies, like, well, what just happened? Like they live this life and this life of, you know, so many things and then just gone like that. It's hard to comprehend. It really is, especially when you see it. I mean, he was there breathing. He just stopped breathing and then he wasn't there anymore. And it was really like he just left, mm. you know, and it wasn't like he just didn't exist anymore. You just couldn't it, it couldn't see it that way. And it's true what you're saying. I love that. I love that quote you brought up by Deborah Blum. I mean, there's an energy that's a person. There's energy there. There's and that energy has it's hard to imagine that could just disappear. I mean, it's not supposed to, energy is not supposed to be able to be destroyed like that. So it's a very mysterious thing. Um, and, you know, we don't have concrete answers, but as I said in my book, it's all very suggestive and provocative. And it's so fascinating to explore it and contemplate it and try to understand as best we can uh, what, what it's all about. But it, it, it just, after all the things I've learned, I just can't accept that we're, you know, the, the body is all there is and consciousness is generated by the brain. And when that, when my friend died, his body was just this matter that is all that was left of him. And she is just the bloody nicest woman in the world, isn't she? She really is. She was like, so, so nice. So nice. And that is just so comforting. Um, That whole, yeah, that whole interview just brought us incredible amounts of comfort. So I highly recommend that one. And we learned a lot too from you guys, as well as our guest. We have absolutely loved this year and everything that we've learned and delving into topics and, and getting all of your contributions for grief tip as well. Like it's just been so amazing. But one thing that we have really done this year is we've really embraced the grief sesh, haven't we, Sal? And really lean into our grief when we felt it. Uh, we have been queens of the grief sesh this year, 100%. Now my grieving time is quite sacred. I know I'll go and I'll put on my music and I'll, I've got a lot of like handwritten cards from my mum that I'll read and look at photographs and I kind of mm. like schedule in time to grieve. And As, I do the same thing. Yeah. I'll say to Ant like, feeling a bit griefy, I'm just going to go and have a sesh. Stop. <laughs> you know, and God, he's like, have a grief sesh. And the cards come out, the photos, the music. Oh, so you do the same thing? Yeah. yeah. And he sort of knows to, and, you know, quite often I'll put it on the loudspeakers in the apartment. So when you hear the funeral song come on, you know it's on. Oh, my God. And um, so exactly the same. So today, this morning, I woke up really griefy and I was like, oh, I'm so heavy. That hate, that heavy feeling when you're walking around and you're griefing, you just want to get it out. And you feel irritable and ratty. So, and yeah, irritable and heavy. And um, I was like, right, I think I need to grieve. <laughs> so <laughs> I dropped Layla to daycare and I knew I had a bit of time to kill before I was coming to meet you. So I just, I got home, Ben was working and I went into our room, put on the AirPods, put on the music, got in the mood, <laughs> got out the cards, the tears were flowing and he came in the room and interrupted me. 
And I like shoved the cards back in the drawer. What did you do? Did you like door. stop? Yeah, I like stopped. He's like, what's wrong? I'm trying to pretend that I'm fine. I'm like, not okay. Ugly crying. Um, but it was just funny. It was like kind of this funny moment where I felt like I was busted grieving. I was like, oh, can I have a minute? Like... <laughs> So your grieving was cut short, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's good that you're acknowledging when you are feeling like you need to get it and let it out. Because yeah, definitely in the early days, I know we both probably, it was more just random outbursts and kind of constant, really. Yes. I remember, like it was just constant. Whereas now, definitely I might have a strong week and then maybe one day I'm like, right, I'm feeling it. I know I'm feeling it. So I, how do I get this out? Yes. You know? You've got to actively grieve. What that means is I think you've got to really let yourself access those emotions. So if you're feeling really heavy and you're feeling sad, go there. Yeah. You know, go really go there. And I think, yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're kind of actively going into it and then coming out. And then when you come out, you do feel so much lighter. Like I do feel a lot better than I did earlier this morning oh my god I love that Ben interrupted <laughs> you like that I mean can we also talk about the time that we had a virtual grief session can we talk about the us? time if you hear the funeral come on if you know it's on <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's still still oh. to this day you know you hear the funeral song it's like oh it's come happening the, do you love a sesh play like is it high by the lighthouse family that you put on for your grief sesh yeah yeah like over the speakers of the house yeah Oh my God, you're hilarious. Yeah. I, the, I put my, my AirPods on, but sure, go for it over the, over the sound of the whole house. Dude, I want it to be atmospheric, my grief sesh. Like, you know what I mean? I want the volume up. Like, it's oh my got God, to feel. Can we get having a grief sesh signs to put on the door? Like, do not disturb, <laughs> grieving. <laughs> we need those. What about the time that we had a virtual grief sesh together and then Ben walked in? Oh my God, please, again. to play that. <laughs> we had, I mean, we had a sesh didn't we on a grief sesh <laughs> we had we had a, a virtual sorry guys don't lie me. we had a virtual grief sesh together <laughs> so we were just talking and I think I just let it all out didn't I and then and then Ben came in <laughs> and you were like oh we're just having a grief sesh like fuck off it was like do you want me to order lunch I was like shut the door we're crying together like on fucking zoom <laughs> Oh, it was that was brilliant. I'm so grateful that I can why, have a virtual grief session with you. Why are we so weird? <laughs> and can we also tell listeners that like like the other day you were having a grief session, you sent me like selfies of you having a grief sesh. Like I was like mid ugly cry, and then I was like coming in live from the grief sesh. <laughs> Wait, I'll pull up a photo because we'll probably use some of this. Hang on, let me find and it. And then I was like, oh your hair, at least your hair looks nice. That's right, because you just cut my hair. All right, so here's part one when things were really kicking off. <laughs> and then we were right moving into the like, oh, turning point, like can't can't go past this now, snot running all down my face, eyes are red. I'm just like ready for a nap, ready for the come down. Oh, I love that we can have virtual grief sessions together though. And, you know. <laughs> Guys, send us your grief sesh photos if you feel like. We're always open to that. <laughs> It's good to share it with people. <laughs> oh, honestly. Oh, what's wrong with us though? <laughs> we also chatted to Mary Huang and 
this one was really fascinating. So we, we learned about our coping styles and how we can achieve balance. But basically we identified that Sal and I are on extreme opposite ends of this two model grieving um, theory. So like basically you either throw yourself into your grief too much and find it hard to kind of pull yourself out and distract yourself or you're the total opposite. Um, so yes. that was really interesting, wasn't it? So interesting. And it's like, um, it's the terms like instrumental griever or an intuitive griever. Um, so in you're definitely more of an uh, intuitive griever where you feel the emotions um, and you feel the emotions very intensely. Whereas I'm much more instrumental and I find that my grief comes out in a much more physical way and I'm more likely to do something more practical um, or yeah, sort of physical. Um, but yeah, Mary, like she's a psychologist and she was so interesting, wasn't she? Let's have a listen to what she said about um, achieving balance. I like to really take a two-factor model of grief, which means that if we grieve, if we're in our feelings too much, we can really collapse into them and we can become highly identified with pain and suffering. I actually know that place really well too, because I'm like, am I just comfortable in this space where I'm doing some deep grief work and I've just gone from distracting myself from it to a place where I'm trying to be really good at it and actually just collapsing into it that's not healthy you know at the same time lots and lots of avoidance is not ideal either because you never feel anything you know you're constantly distracting yourself so what is the right balance only you know this is and so interesting because I feel like I definitely sometimes like need to like switch off from it all from all the grief and all the grief work and everything like I have a tendency to stay in it and wallow in it and it's a place I say but I find it hard to distract myself out of it and Sal's like sometimes she's like what are you watching on Netflix what are you watching I'm always watching like some thriller or death or it's always heavy shit and she's like Im put on bridesmaids or something just to kind of distract yourself from it. Just get yourself out of it. But I definitely get stuck in that place. Like it's a thing, isn't it? I hear you. My partner was like, you cannot buy any more books on death. Like no more. <laughs> he's like, you are not going to be that person at the pool reading about death anymore. Oh, like, <laughs> how do we stop? Because this is, this is definitely me. How do we stop this? <laughs> well, we got to know which side that we, that we lean on to, right? So we either lean on the distraction side or we lean on the, you know, collapsing into grief side. And that's, it's all about self-awareness. It's the same with what, how we're talking about coping. We don't judge it, but we start to notice it. And it's good when you have people around you, you know, like Sal. Yeah. <laughs> call you out on this shit and also I really love talking to Hope Edelman um, who is the best-selling author and she's written Motherless Daughters, Motherless Mothers and The Aftergrief and you guys have probably heard about Hope. She's such a fascinating woman and she had a really interesting perspective and I feel like I really took a lot from this conversation around acceptance when we're grieving and how it's like a train station that you arrive and depart at from, depending, you know, what's happening in your life at that time. Because I think sometimes in society, there's a bit of a, you know, a misconception that we get over our grief or that we get to the point where we've accepted it. And she had a, a really interesting perspective about how it's not necessarily 
coming to a point of acceptance, but there are points where we feel the acceptance and there may be points where we feel the grief again. Um, so let's have a listen to what she had to say. I think, you know, there's this cultural imperative to have something called closure or resolution or acceptance. I don't even really know what any of those things are. I think you can maybe have a feeling of acceptance at a certain point. It's like a train station that you arrive at and then you depart from and then you come back to, and you know, it's like a hub. But I don't think of it as a final destination, you know, end of the line, because our stories are always changing and growing. We're learning new information about people who died or we're reaching new insights ourselves as we reach new and, and different planes of maturity. Like, you know, I really grieved my mother when my first daughter was born. So my mother died when I was 17. My daughter was born when I was 33. And um, that's 16 years, right? People would think I should be over it by then. And you'd think if anyone was going to be over it, it'd be me because I'd been traveling around the world talking about mother loss, right? It's such a good analogy, isn't it? It really, really is. <laughs> like, it's so true. Um, I just, I think that whole thing about closure and acceptance, like she said, it's just, what is it? It's not really, it's not, it's not achievable. Yeah. So viewing it as if, you know, it's something that we come, come back to and we, you know, get off the station, get off of the, you know, one hub and then we'll be back on the train and we may visit acceptance again, but it's not a place that we're going to stay. It's not a final point that we're something that we're trying to achieve. Like it's yeah. Mm. Really interesting. So interesting. And we got really real with some of our guests, didn't we? We, we did. went there. <laughs> we went there. And I loved our conversation with Kelly Terranova about sex and how she gets her partner to support her and the realities of like grief and sex and, you know, kind of setting those boundaries on expectations. And um, yeah, it was such a refreshing conversation, but it was really real. You've just prompted me actually. Um, to say about partners um, and advice for partners and I know you've talked about this before the whole kind of lack of um, sex drive and all of that I find that when I'm really grieving um, I'm more snappy with Kev that's how it comes out I'm snappy and I feel like he doesn't understand what I need at that time and I managed to communicate this to him about six months ago and it just changed our life is I said I need you to be loving me unconditionally on those days so when you hug me I need to feel that you are giving me your love with no expectation in return mm -hmm. because my to-do list is massive and I'm overwhelmed and part of my to-do list is making sure mum is safe fed alive kept how she needs to be and I don't want to feel like if I accept your hug we might have to have sex that night I need you to hug me like there is no expectation I need you to to literally treat me like a baby feed me <laughs> cuddle me run me a bath with no expectation of anything in return and just take care of me and you might you might get a shag you know in a few weeks time maybe but there is there is literally no obligation. Do you know what I mean, which sounds so obvious. Are you I'm listening never... to this, Ben? Are you listening? They're probably both gaming. Let's be honest, Sal. <laughs> it's the last thing on their mind. Yes, Kelly, <laughs> we can totally relate to that. And we did. We did also talk um, in sort of depth about grief and sex in our relationships episode it was an up close and griefy one and we know a lot of you guys have found that quite helpful because it is a taboo topic mm. people don't talk about it 
you know, it's just something that we kind of scoot around and we, we kind of deal with in silence and, and feel quite isolated with it. But yes, thanks to people like Kelly for keeping it real and not being afraid to share those sides of grief which is really important. Um, and we also loved our chat with Jo Betts. How good is Jo Betts? And her honesty as well. She's another very honest griever, which we absolutely love. Um, but she talks about how she tried to push her grief aside and it was like she was on some sort of game show trying to beat her grief. Let's have a listen. Maybe my default is, I think it is the control kind of aspect of things is, I keep myself busy and I'm just sort of, yeah, trying to get myself back out there. But certainly I think the big hit for me was probably one year into it where, I don't know, I think after Craig had died, I was still in so much shock that I think I thought that I was on like some game show, like some some like survivor sort of like TV show Mm. where I thought that if I just do all the right things, then maybe I'll get to the end of year one and maybe someone will give me some kind of award and say, well done, Joe." Like You did it. You got you through. Did. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. So I remember like I really did. I put the game face on. I was back at work. Oh, my God. Like I turned up every social event with a big like smile plastered on my face. So whatever. Yeah. It was kind of like I was like, you know what? Grief gets stuff. I'm going to give this red hot crack at trying to, to solve this. And, you want and to beat it, it don't you? It's like, I want <laughs> totally. to get rid of it. Yeah, that was a game show. Beat the grief, beat the grief. Oh, I've been failing at that one. (laughs) It's such a yucky, uncomfortable, messy feeling. And so I was just, yeah, same thing going, you know what, if I just do all the right things, maybe I'll get a reprieve, some kind of award. And I, you know, went up and did, you know, the first year anniversary and I I went to Byron Bay to the last place that Craig and I had had a family for holidays together and my sister came with her husband and a couple of other friends too and same thing, I, you know, I handled the day really well Um, and then a few days later I just fell in this exhaust fatigue heap and I remember like lying in bed and just going, oh my God, like it's still the same shit. I I didn't get an award at Mm. the end of the year one. Like I'm still dealing with it, these horrible, awful feelings. And I remember being very disappointed and frustrated and I think my anger had started to come out at that point because I was very frustrated with, with how I was feeling and, and how this experience was affecting and impacting my life as well. And I think that can be really hard to take. I mean, I still sometimes get very frustrated by the grief experience. Um, the frustration is, it, is it's real and I can really relate to you Jo I think we are quite similar by the sounds of it like yeah. I will have like bursts of grief and then I, I have sometimes like weeks where I'm just powering through and it's almost like I'm slightly numb and I'm like what's wrong with me but, but I'm you just kind of judge yourself in those times don't you yeah. you're like am I not grieving yeah. properly yeah am I not yeah. sad enough should I be more sad and like, I'm like yeah. what do I not care enough or like why am I, I not feeling like super greasy but then it'll hit me I'll have a little bomb grief bomb and then like carry on for a bit and it sounds like we're quite similar like that I think yeah it's, it's tricky in that sense because you know what the, the good when you're feeling good like it's so good <laughs> but when you get hit like I feel like I get hit hard quite hard I really took so much from the conversation with Joe, um and 
I feel like you and Joe are so similar. We are. And like me and Joe, actually, we, we, we like have, you know, we, we text and like we chat quite a lot because I think we are quite similar. And our like the way that we approach our grief is like very similar. Like Joe, I think is probably like me, like more of a instrumental griever and like yes. keeps busy. And I think she like, you know, a cracker on her arm. Yeah. <laughs> she cracks on and like, I, yeah, I, that conversation was like, I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Um, I think <laughs> in, did, the, yeah. in the early days, I probably tried to beat the grief a bit as well. And then you kind of realize like there ain't no beat in this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's gonna, it's gonna come in waves, but yeah, I loved that conversation. I loved how honest Joe was. She's such a good egg and yeah we've had some amazing guests on this season and just have been so grateful to be able to talk with so many inspiring and amazing people thank you to you guys for for supporting us and being part of our journey and um we're so grateful for you all yes honestly we we literally wouldn't be doing this without you for starters but you guys are why we are doing this and to think that yeah we are helping you guys in your grief as well that is just so amazing and thanks for being on this journey with us really for this whole last year it's been pretty wild and um, but yeah we're going to be back next season with some amazing guests and I don't say that lightly we've got some some biggies in the pipeline guys so buckle up and if you haven't subscribed yet do hit subscribe so that good morning hits your downloads as soon as every new episode is released so you don't miss an episode and yeah we've got a few exciting things coming up as well we've got some affirmation cards that we're going to be releasing in the new year so we've been working with one of our longtime listeners, Tilly, to create some um, affirmation cards to support you in your grief. Um, so just bring a little bit of extra comfort. I am uh, so bloody excited about these guys. They are incredible. Like Tilly is a phenomenal artist, illustrator, and she has done such an amazing job. And we're so excited to bring these to you. They couldn't have turned out any better. So that's really exciting. And we're also going to be at Vivid Sydney. So we were meant to be at Vivid Sydney this year, but because of COVID, it was cancelled. So we are excited to be in the lineup for, for next year. So keep your ears out for that as well. And yeah, just guys, we're thinking of you this Christmas. Um, we hope that you get through it and that it's an okay Christmas. Just remember that it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Give yourself permission to to to, to feel, feel the feels. You've got to yeah. feel it to heal it. Um, Put those boundaries up, guys. Put yourselves first. Get selfish. Do what you need to need to do, and just yeah, just really look out look out for yourselves and look after yourselves, and know that we are always here if you ever need anyone to chat. Our DMs are open. Um, our support group is just it's really great place if you're struggling, and we are sending you all of our love and thank you for coming on this ride with us, and we will see you next year. Thanks, guys, and just know that you're not alone, and we can't wait to see you all next year. Take care. 